0: welcome to the journey church podcast we hope that this message will challenge you and encourage you on your journey of faith if you would like to learn more about journey church you can follow us on facebook instagram and online at thejourneychurch.cc now enjoy the message all right guys well you guys have me preaching this week um i am back woohoo right if I can figure out my computer, I am not the tech-savvy person, so much so that I'm supposed to have my iPad ready for this every week, and clearly my kids kill it, and it doesn't make it to service with us. So it's the computer is what I get, and I don't really know how to work it very well. So thanks. <coughs> I'm not going to spill this up here on this all these cords. Anyways, we were just talking about that Titus message from last week where we went through the book of Titus, Pastor Chris did. If you missed that, I challenge you to go back and listen to that message because it was so good. It was timely. It was needed. And I got stuff out of it. Everyone that was there Wednesday night that was talking, we all got stuff out of it. So check that message out if you missed it. It is online on the podcast. I believe it's on Facebook somewhere now because we are actually live on Facebook. So it's on there as well. We are back. But this week I get to kick off our new series and I get to start week 1 off. And the new series is called Galatians. It's through the book of Galatians called Religion Ruins Everything. And some of you guys might think, what do you mean religion? I'm a religious person. I'm a religious person. So how does religion ruin everything? Well, <clears throat> I want you to look at the the original the the word uh religion, sorry, originates from the Latin word religere, which means to bind, okay? That's where it originally comes from, is the the Latin word to bind, and that's talking about the religious system is caused, or causes you to be bound up. It's meant to bind up, okay? But the word now has become known as a form of, well, I worship God. I'm a religious person because I worship God, because I believe in God, or because I believe in the supernatural. And that's where we've learned to say I'm a religious person now. But the root word of religion is to bind up. And none of us want to walk around and be like, I'm the religious person and I'm all about binding other people up. I mean, that's, yeah. Um, That's not what we want to walk around acting like. That's not who we are called to be as the church. And it's important for us to know as we go into the book of Galatians, because it's important to know that, because Paul's mission was to help the Galatians understand that the religion that the religion that they had been set free from is the very thing that they were going back into. Have you ever had that happen in your life the very thing you're like I'm set free from this and all of a sudden you're back in it? That's what the Galatian, the Church of Galatians was doing. That's what the people in Galatian or Galatians was doing. And Galatians was like a region. It wasn't just like a little, a little city. It was a region, kind of like the peninsula. You know, it wasn't just this little area. It was all of the area. They had been set free and so quickly they were going back. You're, we're gonna read through that. But as I kick off and prepare to kick off the series, I challenge you guys each week, and this is a big challenge because I know we are a tech-savvy world. But I challenge you. To bring your Bible every week that we're going through. There's six chapters, and I challenge you, bring your Bible. Bring your paper Bible so that you can you can do this thing that I get to hear and Pastor Chris can hear, and we can flip through the pages and open the book and, and hear how crispy it is This is my new Bible, so that's why mine's crispy. Um, And there's no highlights in this one right now, so it's all fresh for me to, like, mark all up. But bring your Bible. Bring a pen, a pencil, a highlighter, whatever you give yourself authority to use in your Bible. Some people are against that. And and highlight the things that stand out during the message so that you can go back in that week and study it out more. Because sometimes we get a revelation in the moment when you're in service, and then you go home and you're like, where was it at? what did I have? Write it down in your Bible real quickly. Jot the note down. Go back on during the week because we're going to have a challenge over the next six weeks as well. And it's in there for you already. You don't have to worry about why I forgot it. If you're like me, I don't remember stuff quickly. I can't remember what I preached on two weeks ago sometimes. God's just moving in my brain that quickly. That's what I'm going to say. But some background real quick for you guys. The book of Galatians is written by Paul which remember, Paul was Saul. Okay, you got to remember that. And there was also formats <clears throat> to how they wrote letters in the Bible. They, they wrote these letters by starting them off with, uh, with their name. It would, they would address the whoever they're written, writing to with telling them, this is who I am, this is who we're writing to, and then he'd follow it often up with a, uh, with a pray, I mean, a greeting and then a praise. So it would be, I'm so-and-so, I'm writing to this audience and I'm going to give you a greeting and then I'm going to praise you for something or give a praise. Like often it would say praise for whatever, however it was worded. But when we look at the book of Galatians and we read through it, it's not written that way. Okay? And so we're going to start in Galatians 1, 1 through 5. And I did tell you to bring your Bible, but I'm not going to open mine and read it because I can't do all of that and hold the mic at the same time. But it says, this letter is from Paul, an apostle. That's That's who he is, okay? I was not appointed by any group of people or any human authority, but by Jesus Christ himself and by God, the Father who raised Jesus from the dead. All the brothers and sisters here join me in sending this letter to the church of Galatia. May God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Jesus gave his life for our sins just as God our Father planned in order to rescue us from this evil evil world in which we live. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. You see, Paul doesn't add a praise in here in his opening in this letter. Instead, he does a defense for who called him. You see, in verse two, it says this letter is from Paul, an apostle. or Verse one, sorry, it says I was appointed by I wasn't appointed by any group of people or any human authority, but by Jesus Christ Himself and by God the Father, who raised Jesus from the dead. He's letting us know who he or who has called him. That it's no man that has called him, but God Himself who has called him. And I think that he does this defense for the Galatians because he knows who he was, and he knows that they might not fully believe why he's being called. And in verse Paul, when Paul declares who he is, an apostle, that word means one who is sent. He's saying, I am Paul, an apostle who was sent, not by man, but by God himself. And he makes it very clear to us right off the get-go. And this is important because I believe it empowers me, and it should empower you to know that to know that we can do what God's called us to do. I don't need you to affirm me. I don't need any man to affirm what God's called me to do, but we get there sometimes. I don't need a degree to determine what I'm able to do because I would not be standing up here, y'all. I wouldn't. If I needed man to approve me, I wouldn't be here. If I needed a degree and all this schooling to, to stand up here and proclaim the gospel, I wouldn't be doing it. Neither would any of the women who were who were the first ones to go out and share the gospel. Neither would they. They wouldn't have either. Neither would the, the fishermen. The men who were fisher fishermen on their jobs, they wouldn't have been the ones going out being fishers of men because they weren't trained for that. And Paul was not trained for this. So we're going to go back real quick. And I'm going to give you a little overview about Paul, who was Saul, because it's important to understand this. When you go back, you can go back, sorry, and read in Acts 9, all of this encounter. I'm just going to overview it for the sake of time. Um, so Paul was Saul, and he was a man who would go around persecuting the believers or the people of the way, the followers of Christ of his time. Not just him; he would kill them. He was not a good guy. He was not the, the person you would invite into your home. He's not the one that you would say, I'm going to listen to what he has to say because, man, he's got it right. That's not who he was, not to at least the believers. So Paul, which was Saul at this time, was walking, and he had this encounter with a light that, sh- that shined down on him, and it took him to his knees. It took him to the ground. And when he's on the ground, he hears a voice and and the voice says, he says, uh, sorry, let me go back. It says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Is what he hears. And Paul says, who are you, Lord? And the voice comes back and says, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Could you imagine that? <clears throat> like that would put me like, I'd be like straightened up right then, like right then, like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So, he has this encounter and he's he's literally hearing from Jesus telling him you are persecuting me Jesus all these people who follow me, follow me are me are a part of me they are my church and so Paul or Saul gets instructions at that point when he's down and he's listening to this voice he gets instructions to to go and to find this person And he's getting all the instruction and he's supposed to follow what God told him to do. And when he gets up off the ground and he opens his eyes, he realizes he's blind. How am I supposed to go find what you're asking me to find and do what you're asking me to do? How am I supposed to follow the simple directions you've given me when I can't see? So he's blinded, but he follows. He goes and he does as he's supposed to do. And at the same time as he's doing what he's supposed to be doing, another man is getting instruction to go find him to go find Saul because he's supposed to meet him and he's supposed to let him know something very important. He's supposed to pray for him. So he gets there. Saul gets where he's going and Ananias meets Saul there. And as they get together, Saul was told to pray over him. And when he prays over him, the scales fall off of Saul's eyes and he's able to see again. He was blinded, and now he's able to see. I think Paul's encounter was very unique to him. It's one that I've not heard one like that before where that's happened. And I think if I, if I think about it metaphorically for ourselves, it's very relatable. And I think it's kind of cool because what Saul would actually walk out would be the very situation he walked through. So Saul was blinded with these scales on his eyes, and the people that he was going to have to encounter to help share the revelation of God that he had received have scales on their eyes. They are blinded to the truth of the gospel. So the very people that Saul has to go and share with are the very people who are on the same spot he was on the ground when he was completely blinded. I think that's pretty awesome because oftentimes when we find ourselves in a situation that we've been set free from, we have a little bit more grace for the people we go and we encounter that are in that situation. We have a grace for them that we can extend to them, but also we have a heart for them that won't allow them to stay there. So Paul will have a grace and we see that throughout the book of Galatians. He has this grace, but then he has a moment where he's like, yo, come on. Like, you should know better than this. You've been set free, and now you're going back? He's like, I don't want the the scales back on my eyes. Why are you going back so quickly? So, I think his encounter was quite unique, and I think it's kind of cool that he, that was the encounter he had, and it's the very thing that he's going to be having to walk people through is removing the blinding the blinders of religion that they keep trying to go back into so Paul makes sure to remind the Galatians from the get-go that no man gave him the message and no man can undo it in Galatians 1 it says dear brothers and sisters I want you to understand that the gospel message I preach is not based on mere human reasoning. I received my message from no human source, and no one taught me. Instead, I received it by direct revelation from Jesus Christ. So what Paul does does after getting this revelation from God is he takes time with it. He gets this revelation, this download from God, and he he sits with it for a little bit. And then eventually he goes to, I believe it was Peter, Peter and James. He goes to Peter and James to confirm it, but he, he, he sits with it first. And then he goes after some traveling and after some time, he goes to Peter and James and he says, Hey, this is what God showed me. This is the revelation that I had. Does this line up with the Jesus you walked with? And they said, yes, that's exactly what he taught us. That is what we learned walking and doing life with Jesus. So Paul then knew, I got it. Like, I got this right. Like, what God showed me is accurate. I, I got it right. And sometimes we need to be reminded by that. Sometimes we need to look back at the life in Jesus, the life of Jesus, and say, you know what? God gave me this download. Does it line up with the life of Jesus? And at moments, it, you might say, oh, no, that, that kind of is me. That's me in my flesh. And other times it's going to be like, yes. Like, this is the heart of the Father, and I can't wait to share with other people. That's, the, that's how Paul was. Like, he was like, I got a glimpse of the heart of the Father, and I can't wait to tell people about it. I think I say that all because it helps, it helps us all know that we can trust the revelation that Paul had. We can trust the revelation he had because he, he took it, and he got reassurance from the very ones who walked and did life with him. You see, the gospel is the good news. It is the good news. Is what you hear or what you're believing something that is binding you up or is it something that is freeing you? Because the good news is not binding. It is totally freeing. In the moment you get in this mindset or in this place where you feel like these things, these rules, these, these standards, these things that you're hearing are starting to bind you up, ask Jesus, where am I missing it? Where am I not seeing you at in this moment? What are you trying to show me that I'm not allowing myself to see? Because it's never God not trying to show it to us. God's always active and always tune. It's, it's us that, do, that don't want to tune into it. It's us that don't want to receive it. It's us who say, you know what, I'm going back to religion because it's comfortable. I'm used to being bound up. It's comfortable there. I know what it feels like. It doesn't feel good, but, man, I know what it feels like. And being free, whoo, that's new territory. It's new territory. But that is what the good news is. That is what Paul has been proclaiming and what he proclaims throughout Galatians. So Galatians 1, 6 and 7 says this. It says, I am shocked that you are turning away so soon from God who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. You are following a different way that pretends to be the good news. It pretends to be the good news, y'all. Have you heard stuff like that? It pretends to be a good news until you get inside the church doors and all of a sudden you're like, ooh, why do I got to do that? I don't have enough time to do that. I don't have enough resources at the moment to do. It pretends to be the good news, but it is not the good news at all. You are being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. I want you to, I want to read the amplified version here because I like this one too. It says, I am astonished and extremely irritated. This is how Paul flops. This is how Paul for me has grace. But then he's like, Hello, come on, guys. I am astonished and extremely irritated that you are so quickly shifting from allegiance and, and deserting him who called you by grace by the grace of Christ, for a different, even contrary gospel, even a contrary gospel. I'm going to switch to my thing because I can't read that far, which is really not another gospel. But there are obviously some people masquerading as teachers who are disturbing and confusing you with a misleading, counterfeit teaching and want to distort the gospel of Christ twisting it into something which is absolute which it is absolutely not Paul is saying this to the early church in Galatia they hadn't been around forever and for a long time he said how quickly are you to desert it that means you just got set free and you're going back already you just got set free and now you're like hey bind me up again like what in, in in the King James Version, where at the beginning it says, I'm astonished and extremely irritated. In the NLT, it says, I am shocked. In the, in the King James, it says, I marvel. In the Message, it says, I can't believe how you waver. And in the New Life Version, it says, I am surprised you are leaving Christ so soon. That you are leaving Christ so soon. Because Christ is the good news and sometimes it's real easy to slide back into the religion. Some, and, and it's showing us that. It's showing us that, that this is what's happening so quickly. You see, the Judaizers, Judaizers, which were a faction of the Jewish Christians who demanded strict observation of the law of Moses and other rules and regulations that they put into, pl- into play by the Gentile Christians. That's who came into Galatia after Paul had left. That's who came in and started corrupting the good news. That's who came in and started twisting the truth of the freedom that they had received. That's who came in and started started becoming these, these false teachers to the church of Galatia. And these people still wanted, like, this is the crazy thing, y'all. These, these Judaizers, they still wanted These people to follow the rule of circumcision. Um, Okay. Mm -mm. I'm not going to follow Christ. If I got to go by that rule, maybe some other ones I'll I'll, I'll allow that religion to slip in. But circumcision? If you're not a Jew, then circumcision? The Gentiles? No. No. This is the very thing that we can get caught up in today. And what really the church in large does and isn't even aware of. Sometimes it's not aware. We're not aware when it starts happening. We allow the scales to come back on our eyes. To some level, we all do it. To some level, we all do. In Galatians 1-7, where it says... um, It says, I marvel that you, that this is the New King James Version. It says, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. You see, I like the King James here because it's it's how it says the word pervert, and often we use that in sexual context, which is a whole other story. But when you understand what that what they are doing to the gospel, that explains exactly what the Judaizers are doing. It because the word pervert here means to alter something from its original course, meaning or state, to a distortion or a corruption of what was first intended. That's what that word means. That's exactly what was happening to the church in Galatia. That's what the Judaizers were doing. I wanna, I'm going to give you guys an example of this. Um, as Pastor Chris brings some stuff up here, I'm going to be going through an example um, as I'm continuing on talking as well. But think about that. What have you heard that has – you've heard the good news and you've come into a church some at some point or you watched a message online and something about it just hit you and you realize – that's not truth. That's been, that's been something that is perverted from the truth of its original intent for the gospel, the original thing of good news. All right, let's see here. So you guys, all right, you're good. Mm-mm, no, I think I got it. We'll see. Yep, I do. They thought I was going to sing this morning, y'all, when I got this stand. I said, y'all are funny. <laughs> that's a joke. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Let's see here. So. All right. I'm not going to be able to put the mic there right now. All right. So, guys, think of this as this is a gift from my husband. Okay? He gives me this gift. It's beautiful, right? It's beautiful. What would you do with something like this? What would you think you would do? You would wear it. You would use it for what it is intended to be used for, right? Right? So, what we often do, though, and what religion does is it comes in. You come in somewhere, and it says, well, you got to do that. But this is what they would do. But you can't, if you're becoming a Christian and, and you're facing these Judaizers, what they're saying is, but you can't eat certain things. Okay? You can't eat certain things. Another thing is, is... This piece right here says faith and it has crosses on it. So you you got to pray a certain way because in order for you to to actually receive your salvation, there needs to be a prayer that you do. And it needs to be a certain prayer in a certain way and it's got to sound a certain way for you to fully be accepted by Christ, right? And then oh, don't forget. You must be baptized. You got to be baptized. And um don't forget you got to have a, a spirit of peace at all times. don't show any, any feelings or emotions. And then, oh, if you can, sing, oh, you should be a part of the worship. you should absolutely sing all the time. If you really love God, make sure you're on the worship team and you sing because that's what your salvation is about. Make sure you're singing for the Lord. All right? Oh, don't forget circumcision. Oh! Let's add that in there. Let's make that, like, double time here. <laughs> it's a, yeah. Yep, don't forget all this stuff. And you just keep showing up. And you just keep getting bound by all this stuff. That you said, Man. I thought I was supposed to feel good coming to church. I thought I could come and be myself and be loved, be accepted, worship how I feel I need to worship. And then you walk out on your date night with your husband, and you say, look, babe, at the dress you bought me. And then all of a sudden his head goes, "Uh, that's not what I bought you at all. That's not at all what I gave you as a gift. What did you do to that gift?" And that's what we do with religion. That's what religion does is it adds these things that aren't needed. Because The things may be good in themselves, but when it's added to what God gave us, what the good news is supposed to look like, what it's supposed to be, that's not it. And when we do that, God loves us still. He's still with us. He still loves us, but he's looking at it like that was never the intent. He's like Paul. Where Paul goes in and he says, how did you get to this point so quickly, so quickly from the freeing aspect of where you are free in Christ? The good news has been given to you and you went and added all this mess, all of this stuff. Y'all, we do that in life. We do that. To ourselves at times. We allow others to do that to us. We allow others to put mess on us that was never intended to be a part of what God had for us. That's not the good news. The good news has got nothing to do with what you can add to it. That's why it's so good. That's why it's so good is because we want to add stuff to it and think we did something. God's like, you did nothing. I did it from the very beginning of time when I created all of this. I knew you. I loved you. I chose you before you ever spoke a word, before you started throwing all the mess on there, before you felt like you had to be fake in church because the mess got added to you. He loved you before that. I love the song. I think, was it what we sang this morning? That Yeah, as you find me. You love me as you find me. Before I ever said anything to the Lord, he loved me. Before I ever, before these, these, this church in Galatia was ever set free, he loved them. And so they've been set free. And Paul's like, why are you back into bondage already? Why are you slipping back into that mindset? You see, religion makes it about, about Jesus plus something, all that stuff. And Paul is constantly <laughs> saying, he's like, why, why would you want to go back into religion? Why would you want to go back into what binds you up when you have been set free? So would I wear that dress in the original form? Absolutely. I mean, it's not my size, but I would wear it in its original form because it's, it, was, it was beautiful, but when I wear it like this, no, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. That's what you need to tell yourself when something tries to come into your life that's going to bind you up. When people want to come to you and talk stuff, it's going to bind you up. When the church comes or someone comes and tells you, oh, by the way, now you got to do X, Y, and Z, because that shows your real love for God. No, no way. Just say it like we just sang in that verse. We have a voice that has authority. No way. I'm not doing it. I'm not going back into that path. I won't wear it. I won't put it on. No, thank you. It's a gift, guys. Salvation is a gift. The good news is a gift, and it's been given to us freely, and it's something we don't have to add to. And we, in our natural humanness, we always want to do this. We're like, oh, well, you gave me this. Now I got to give you this gift. Uh, I owe you something. God's like, you owe me nothing. How good is that? That's the good news. And you'll hear this numerous times preached here, is the good news literally is something that is too good to believe. That's why it's called the good news. It's because it's so good. Ephesians two, eight through nine, nine says this, for by grace, you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works. Least anyone should boast. If this is about us, we get to boast about it. Look what I did. Look how much I gave. Look how much I didn't eat whatever it was. Look, I got circumcised. Look, I can sing. Look, I, I, I walk around in peace all the time. Look at me. It's about us at that point. God's like, it's not about what you get to boast of. It's a free gift. It is a gift from God that is free. Titus 3, five says, he saved us not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy, he washed away our sins, giving us new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. New life and new birth. That reminds me, of, put on the new man. That's, like, that's what, like, getting rid of all of this stuff is, like, put on the new man, not that extra mess. Put on who he's called you to be. Paul is telling the Galatians to not go back into slavery or the old way because that is a rejection of Christ and his finished work. You see, often we think of the word sin, and we think of all the things that we do—the gossip that we do, the 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 shopping when we're sad, and it makes us feel better because that really is sin, guys. The the looking at things that we're not supposed to look at, the overconsumption of things, and I'm not going to name one thing because there's plenty of things that we can overconsume in that we're not supposed to do. We look at all of those as sin, but what if we look at the rejection of the good news of Jesus Christ as sin? Because it is. It is. We are literally denying the finished work of Christ, and that is sin. That's not what we're supposed to do. Don't go back into it. Romans three twenty. And I'm going to be wrapping up my whole mess up here, y'all. Romans three twenty says for no one can ever be made right with god by doing what the law commands. You can try, guys. You can try and live by it, but the original intent was to show you that you can't. So why do we keep trying? Why do we keep trying? The law simply shows us how sinful we are. You see, as we go through this next week, guys, our challenge is is the Galatians challenge, and we're on chapter 1 this week. So I challenge you to go this week and read through every day, every day that you have a few moments, it's not many verses, read through chapter one and ask the Lord, show me something for today that sticks out right now. Maybe it's something that just piggybacks to what we talked about this morning. Maybe it's something totally different that stands out to you because we're all different. We're all in different parts of our lives, different journeys, different struggles, different everything. But ask the Lord, sit with him for a moment. It's just a moment, guys, and say, show me something from chapter 1 today, God. And we're going to have graphics on the social media pages. We're going to have things up there where you're able to share with us. And if you join us on Wednesday night, we're also going to be talking through this about what we're seeing through Galatians 1. You see, God wants us living the freedom that he has given us as a gift. He wants us there. And so this challenge is to challenge us to be able to see where we've been set free and maybe where we're still allowing the religion to pull us backwards. So Jesus plus nothing is the good news, right, guys? Jesus plus nothing we can do because we don't get to boast in it. It's not about us. It's about the love he's given us to share with others. And that's the good news he wants us to share with others. He doesn't want us walking around in this this bound-up religious mindset because guess what that does to others? They're going to run from that dress. They are going to look at that and say, I don't even want to be near that because it's not the good news. So as I pray this morning, we go in this time of worship, just meditate and think about the things that you know for yourself because we always know the things that we've allowed to creep back in to try and rob us from our freedom. Just think about that and release it. Just let it go because you're aware of it and you don't have to hold on to it. You can be aware of it and not be condemned by it. You can be aware of it and walk in your freedom this morning. So I want to pray this morning. God, I thank you for your love. I thank you for the good news that we don't have to add anything, nothing at all, to the gift you have given us. That we can walk in our freedom. We can share that freedom with others. And we can just be free to love you to love ourselves and love others i thank you for that this morning in jesus name amen